Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 94 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hello, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Had a good Labor Day weekend. How about you? Did you do anything exciting? No, no. It was my birthday on Friday, and then um, college football was Saturday. And and Friday and sun, Saturday and Sunday and and Monday <laughs> and a lot of college football yeah, yeah. and um, no went out had grilled out and was here for worship on Sunday and that was good and yesterday was uh, went went and uh, hung around the pool for a little while so, that's yeah, fun good yeah. day how about you I sat oh. in the house and sweated. <laughs> Are y'all are you doing like a weight loss challenge? Like no. you just gonna sit around the house like in the plastic suits and sweat? You know what you really are want you trying to, to make weight for something? No. <laughs> you know what you really want to have happen on Labor Day on weekend? a holiday weekend? Is your air conditioner to go out? Yes. And not only just go out. Yeah. Go completely out. Like we need to replace your entire system. Oh, that's painful. Yeah. So, so not only is it uncomfortable, but it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So. You know, if I could, if I could say just one bit of uh, silver lining, it could have happened in July. That's what I. That's what I told Jeremy. So you know, maybe ten percent more humidity and twenty more degrees. I don't it, know. It was, so. it, you know, honestly, the temperature <laughs> wasn't terrible. Yeah, with the yeah clouds and rain and everything. Yeah, care and, oh, and the girls are fantastic, but. I can't expect them to hang on much longer. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get it finished. If I was you, I'd be spending the night at the church. Yeah. So. Well, so we bought a bunch of oh, that's right. Units, you told, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. bedroom is actually really nice. Yeah. Like, it's like sixty-five. <laughs> because either like, you know, yeah. we bought the a, a couple cheaper ones. Uh-huh. So it's either low. Yeah, it's all or, or nothing. You're frozen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, it's so all hopefully right. you get it worked out. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, shameless plug, Jeremy Garrettson. Yes, thank you, Jeremy. Partner here. Uh, I text him on Thursday night. I was like, "Hey, I think my AC's busted. I've tried <laughs> flipping all the breaker things to get it to come on, and it won't come on." And he was there like 8 a.m. on Friday, mm-hmm. and he looked so sad when he when he had to tell me it was it's like, like done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of, he's actually here working on something at the church momentarily. Yeah. So we got AC went out because it went out in the kids. Yep. One side of the kids' building too. Yep. So. so if Ugh. you need some heating and air, call Jeremy Garrettson. <laughs> That's right, Garrettson Heating and Air. Give him a call. Yep. So maybe he'll, you know, actually this we he we'll call him a sponsor. Yeah. He sponsors the show. Yes. He does because he's always very very kind to us yep. uh, when he does work for us. So. Okay. Real quick. Yep. All right. <laughs> so last week we talked about. Uh, does Jesus care if we win in sports? Yes. And then we mentioned, you mentioned Kurt Warner. Yes. And then I mentioned that there was a movie. Yes. I watched it. Oh. The Thursday night that that podcast came out. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen American Underdog? No. It's on Hulu. You need to watch it. Okay. It is fantastic. I will put it on my list. So I just, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm looking for something new to watch. Like so. for, cause for me, Kurt Warner's always been a legend. He's a believer, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like. He's always been a legend quarterback because, mm-hmm. I mean, all the stuff that happened yes. was in, like, the 90s. Mm-hmm. So when I started learning about football, he was already, like, a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in the 
NFL Hall of Fame, and you don't realize. Oh, I didn't know he made it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, kind of ruined the end of the movie. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> but um, you don't see the beginning, right? And that is where. Well, he was an underdog for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I, well, don't tell me anymore. I'll watch it. Yeah, American Underdog. So it's a good movie. Is it a family movie? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, it's if you ever watch that show Chuck. Yes. It's got Chuck in it. Right. He's he's Kurt Warner. Yeah. And he is a believer too. Yeah. So it, it it's a really good movie. He's really tall though. Yes. Kurt Warner, I don't think really is in real life. I don't. I, I don't know. know. I don't remember. I've never looked as. That's a Google but, thing to look up. But you when the talking. when the movie was like pitched, mm-hmm. um, the guy that plays Chuck like sought out to play Kurt Warner. Really? Yeah. Like he's like that is my part. Wow. Oh, Kurt Warner six two, so he's taller than I I thought. And I think that guy from Chuck is like six three. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's what's most important. This is why people have tuned in to the 167 is to know how tall Kurt Warner is and the guy who played Chuck. Yeah. Which I've still never finished that show at all. I need to watch it. Oh, it's so. fantastic. I know, I know, I know. Well, um, so any other any other uh, side side bits that we want to discuss before? Speaking of football, we're in a pick'em I, group. I beat you. Are you ahead of me? Yeah. What, oh, you're the yeah. The, I got you. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Darn it. I started out strong, put a lot of points there at the beginning, but yeah. Well, I yeah. was I was middle to bottom of the pack, but yep. I put 34 on Clemson. Oh, wow. Well, they were playing Georgia Tech, who was like 1-11 last year. Yeah. So they ended I didn't even see the final score on that It was score like 41 to 10. It was, yes, yeah. Um, now, everyone got the Boston College one wrong. I know. Yeah, everyone, everyone did. I did pick uh, Wyoming to beat Tulsa, so there's that. <laughs> That was my one, my one upset, and I think it was like one point or three. And points everybody up. picked LSU to beat FSU. Yeah, except for one person. Oh, really? Uh huh. No, no, that was the uh, the Florida game. I can't remember. Anyway, no one wants to hear about. No, this. I picked Florida to yeah. beat Utah because I was like, "There's no way Utah is number seven. Ah, yeah. So, well, anyway, before people just totally tune us out, because I think today's episode is really, really important because we're going to do. Um, we're going to do like a what I would call a, like a Leviticus series companion. So we have started our Leviticus series on Sunday morning. So we're going to be doing a series companion. Yeah. On um, a, along with this because there's just so much. Oh yeah. So much. So today, what I wanted to do is, and I'm going to mention this episode in my sermon on Sunday to send people back to it. So um, today we're going to talk about holiness and thoughts on holiness and Mm -hmm. a little more involvement on what does that mean? What does that look like? Because it is the overarching theme of Leviticus is God's people need to be holy in order to be in relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So how do they do that? Well, here's laws and regulations and rules in order to do that. And and if you miss Sunday, you need to listen to the post, the post right above this in our podcast that is shannon's sermon from this past sunday that gives an overview mm-hmm. of Septem- the book of, yeah, of the overview of the book of leviticus mm-hmm. yeah so it's the se- september 4th um uh yeah sermon message yeah it, it says leviticus week one Leviticus week one. There you go. You don't need to know the calendar. So, well, um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about holiness. Um, the word holy is why do we talk about what, what is holiness really important? Um, yes, because the word holiness is used, um, 
a little right around 80 times in the book of Leviticus. So that's an important word. And when you get, start to read into it, what you find is that the offerings are called holy. The, there's the holy place. There's the holy crown. There's the holy food. There's the holy coat that the priest wears. There's the holy garments that they wear. There's the holy sanctuary. There's God's holy name. There are more holy priests. There's the holy convocations. There's a holy gift. And then, of course, there is the holy land, the promised land. So I think it's really, really worth us discussing today uh, what does it mean to be holy, right? And it's not the stupid dad joke about you wearing your church pants. Yeah, you got you. Those must be your church pants because they're real holy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I and that's not just a dad. That's a mom joke or a Shannon joke because I do that one too. Um, so fundamentally, the idea of holiness um, is this idea of being sep- uh, set apart, of being separate, separated, and um, it has to do with being different and pure. Um, you know, uh, I've got this wooden bowl in my kitchen and I'm trying to eat healthier and do all that stuff. So I eat, a, I eat apples a lot because mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. It's easy snack. It's sweet, you know, all that stuff. But as many of us know, you get one bad apple in there. It ruins the whole bunch. It does. And so I go through every other day and I make sure because I keep it like full. Mallory eats a lot of apples too um, and make sure I pull out any bad apples actually then i throw them in the backyard because the dogs like to eat them but um if you get one in there so i want to i want to keep it separate i want to keep the good ones separate from the bad ones and that's the whole concept of leviticus yeah is that setting apart you know Mm -hmm. yeah there's a there's a little bit of not necessarily accuracy about a the bad apple spoils the whole bunch yeah you should know your produce but yeah so it actually takes rotten fruit to Uh ripen fruit Really? It takes the methane gas that bad fruit releases to cause the ripening process to start once it becomes green on the vine. So, if I've got a bowl of apples already picked, uh-huh. and one has gone bad, and it's usually it, because it's been bruised. Yeah, like if you notice, it's they're not like he's not spoiling the whole bunch. It's, they're it's becoming riper faster. Okay. That, and that's just the process. That's just the process. Of ripening. It speeds up the ripening process. So I don't really have to throw away the bad apple? No, I mean, I wouldn't eat it, so I would throw it away. Yeah. But, like, if you want to keep your bananas longer, mm-hmm. you need... If, like, Separate if one, them, is that right? If one starts turning, go use that one first or get it away mm-hmm. from the other bananas and it'll keep your other ones greener longer. Okay. So it's, it is the concept, but not how we necessarily not, view Not it. how we perceive it. It's not it. like, oh, no, they're all going to get gross real quick. It, yeah, it's, it's, not, just, it's, not like, it's not like it's actually causing them to rot. Mm-hmm. What it's actually doing is it's causing its sugar content to spike. Oh, and it's sugar content processes. Friends, if you need to know about produce of any kind, please see our media pastor, Josh Harrell, because he knows produce. I did it for like seven years. <laughs> he was the public's man. So um, so what does it mean to be holy, right? This whole idea of separation. Here's what verse 26 of Leviticus 20 says. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. All right? So, I've set you apart from that banana that's not doing too good. So, um, so let's begin. That was a horrible example. So, so let's begin with God then, because it's He's the one that has set us apart. Um, what does it mean that uh, that God is holy? Here's what A. W. Tozer said in uh, his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He writes this. He says, "Holy is the way God is." 
to be holy. He does not conform to a standard. He is the standard. He is absolutely holy with an infinite, incomprehensible fullness of purity that is incapable of being other than it is. Neither the writer nor the reader is qualified to appreciate the holiness of God. Quite literally, a new channel must be cut through the desert of our minds. Goes on to say, We cannot grasp the true meaning of the divine holiness by thinking of someone or something very pure and then raising the concept to the highest degree we are capable of. God's holiness is not simply the best we know infinitely bettered. We know nothing like the divine holiness. It stands apart, unique, unapproachable, incomprehensible, and unattainable. Boom. Yeah. Boom roasted. So, I mean, so we can't even, and I, I love the example that Tozer gives because it's, it's how I kind of work in my mind is when I think of holy, I think, okay, who's the, who's the best Christian I know? You know, who's the, some person that Josh Harrell, right. No. Is the answer. Um, but like, who's the best one I know? And then go, and then, so God is bigger, you know, that's not necessarily how my thought process runs, but we just don't have the ability to really understand this to comprehend this no our brain doesn't work on that kind of plane (laughs) no and i mean even to where like even it blows my mind to think about when someone could have experienced the holiness on our plane like Mm -hmm. you know with the ark of the covenant and Mm -hmm. and the holies of holies and and the spirit of god being right there yeah and like someone actually getting to see it Mm -hmm. or or see a a veiled portion of it exactly like because he he, because i mean i don't know you you kind of assume god had can contain himself a little bit to to even in that spectrum yes he had to i mean theoretically yeah you know yeah and see no if god showed up just in his in his fullness I think we would just explode. I don't know how, like, the atoms would be like, oh, I'm going to praise God, and they'd just, like, burst out of our body. I mean... I have no idea how... how... You go blind. <laughs> right. I mean, with Moses, yeah. he's like, oh, you want me to show you my glory? Okay, go back in this rock, in this little crevice here, yeah. and I'm going to just, like, I'm going to let a portion of it, a veiled portion of my glory go by, and you might see a little bit of it. And that in and of itself yeah. caused his body to shine. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> to even understand the, the parts of it that hasn't come mm-hmm. on this plane, you know? Right. We, I can't even understand that. No. So how am I even going to no. grasp yeah. the totality of his holiness? Yeah. Yeah, it's on a whole other, like, astral plane. Yeah, like, or, literally. I mean, or not even. We're on it, but he does. he's above the, ah, uh, yeah. Exactly. And we're done. <laughs> and I, my brain can't do anymore. Um, so when, when we encounter even a, a, a veiled portion of the holiness of God, what happened with Isaiah and, and he, he, he was undone. Um, or like Ezekiel, he fell on his face or Peter's response, um, is falling down saying, um, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful person. Like he couldn't even be in his presence. Uh, Martin Luther, um, as a Catholic priest, he was unable as he was, as he was ex- um, experiencing God's word, um, he was unable to utter the words of the mass because, and he froze at the altar and he was struck by the holiness of God. 
And um, he wrote this, who am I that I should lift up my, my mine eyes or raise my hands to the divine majesty? The angels surround him. At his nod, the earth trembles. And shall I, a miserable little man, say, I want this. I ask for that, for I am dust and ashes and full of sin. And I am speaking to the living, eternal and true God. Whew. Yeah, I know. The reality of that. Yeah. Mm. And like that's. And it's just such a glimmer and such a sliver of like um, Sunday in worship. Uh, you know, I know that it's me. It's not not necessarily. I mean, I our musicians and our vocalists are incredible. Um, Justin puts together an incredible group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it could be someone with an out of tune a, a guitar not hooked up and the worship could be just as powerful but so i know that most often the worship experience is about my heart yes it's about my intention as a worshiper mm-hmm. and so but sunday i was just like it was just a really powerful time of worship for me and and then i was reading this quote uh by martin luther and tozer and i'm like that's not even like doesn't even register on the scale no. in comparison to the glory of God. Mm-mm. And that was wonderful. For, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to, to put into words, but it leads us to, I think an important um, concept, which is in Proverbs um, in Proverbs one and in Proverbs nine, uh, we hear these words that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because there is a, there is a, there should be a, a, a healthy fear of the Lord that not yeah. should be. I mean, it's in scripture, yeah. but like, not like a scared run away and hide. Right. But like a wow, powerful, uh-huh. I, our words don't even. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we have like, I, I, I don't know fear. If you could pick a word, mm-hmm. I don't think God would pick fear. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that's why you bring it down to like this idea I, of go ahead. And, and that's why they, and like, mortal brains said well the best thing i can understand it as is fear yeah you know like because it's not a cowering fear it's a understanding it's a powerful understanding the Mm -hmm. or try to understand the power of Mm -hmm. god and and it does because of our state of of uh being the created Mm -hmm. um you know it is life or death. Like yeah. it is, I mean, our, our, our life is, is just a moment. It's a breath. And so it's like the holiness of God could just be like undone. We're done. Like molecularly undone. Like, you know, <laughs> like the, the Thanos snap from Avengers doesn't uh-huh. even come close to no. God's power. You're and, like, and that was like a very powerful yeah. scene to, yeah. to comprehend. Like, and, and he could just like, he could just, mm-hmm. you know, talking about fear he could just wipe everything out yeah. with with a breath. Yep. Which, but, but but then the also the same amount of power that does that is the amount of power that is the power that he loves you with. Right, which is a good point to make because instead of fear, I think where and this is why I want us to do this this series in Leviticus and see how what is revealed in the New Testament is, or what was in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament, what might seem concealed right now, it's come to its fullness in the New Testament, is because when we see the Lord in His holiness and we see ourselves in our brokenness, 
that's the first step for us to finding peace with yes, God. Yes. Not fear of God. I mean, yes, there's a fear, but but understanding, oh, there, I'm actually, uh, he actually loves me, mm-hmm. and I get, I'm part of this. Yeah. Wow. Um, we, you know, because I, I, every single human being, um, st- struggles with or ponders at some point their worth, mm-hmm. their purpose. Why am I here? Who put me here? What is here and mm-hmm. what is there? These kinds of questions. And, and and you either find you're astronomically insignificant mm-hmm. or you're astronomically crucial. Mm. And the world will tell you you're astronomically insignificant mm-hmm. and God will tell you you're astronomically crucial. Right. Yep. 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 And, 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 and the one that doesn't need us yeah. Says we're astronomically And crucial. he wants us. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we have an enemy, though, who, who will lie to us and say, oh, no, you are crucial, but it's for a different reason. Yeah. It's for yourself. Yeah. Not for the glory of God. Yeah. In this, so yeah, there's that deceiver yeah, in there. That yeah, like I'm talking about like the scope of the and war. That's, and, and that is a um, a balancing act, I think, that our enemy does, mm-hmm. is to, to uh, you know, he, he doesn't... Uh, I don't know. He kind of, I'm picturing like a roller coaster of insignificance. Oh, I'm crucial. Insignificance, crucial. And the enemy's just going, yep, mm-hmm, yep, yep, you are, you, you are. Because if you want to keep it about yourself, it's a roller coaster about self instead of let's look at Instead let's of the constant, God. beautifully right. and wonderfully made. Right, right. Woo, woo, okay. So this is what Leviticus is all about. I mean, it is a book of worship. It's a book describing how we come to God. It's a book describing the glory of God. Um, and that's why um, when I did the uh, overview on Sunday, we, you know, in, in those first seven chapters, we have this detail of sacrifice because um, there has to be a way for us to even be able to come into the veiled presence of God, right? And so to come to a holy and pure God, we need to have our sins forgiven, which can only happen through a blood sacrifice. God set that system up. Um, and so then you, we looked at uh, chapters 8 and 10 that talk about the need for priests to help the people be holy, that they needed someone to explain and to mediate, to make sure everything was working right. Because otherwise there were just going to be people falling over dead all the time because yeah. they were just going to walk in, you know, and whatever. And there was a system. There was a mm-hmm. plan. Um, and so what, what you see, what you begin to see in Leviticus is that in order for humanity to come to a holy and pure God, that there needs to be a pure representative to offer the sacrifices for us. And that's why there's all these rules and regulations. And from chapter 11 through 27, it is rules upon rules and regulation upon regulation. And God established this law so that the people would be, going back to being holy, set apart as distinct from all the other nations. And so in Leviticus, this idea of being clean and unclean, it's actually mentioned more than the word holy. Clean and unclean? Yeah. Okay. Like the concepts of being clean and unclean is mentioned more in the book of Leviticus than the word holy. And so you, but you see how they're so closely tied because it's like, okay, you're going to be holy, but so you need to know how to be holy. And here's how we're going to address this. And so he wants, God wants his people to be holy. Um, for God's people, Israel, um, they needed this instruction. They, they were coming out. I mean, 
They were coming out of Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. They lived there for more than 400 years. Certainly many more of their practices were, were more in line with the Egyptian gods and ways of the Egyptians than they were in line with their one true holy God. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't live somewhere that long without adopting. No. I mean, that's just, that's just going to be the way it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've lived here 27 years and, and, um, um, I've adopted things that, you know, I, I never said sir and ma'am. It really? wasn't that I chose not to. We just didn't really do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's just a, a lame example, but there's an example. If you live somewhere for a while, you adopt the norms and the ways that people do things. Yeah. Well, you know? When I go out of state and I do sir or ma'am, they go, aren't you cute? Aren't, aren't you a cute little boy? You're like, well, I'm 30, so back off. But, but, <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're completely right. They're going, like, they've been there for 400 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, and because, you know, the, the rule of the day dictates history, and we see that now, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> their history and traditions only lived orally yep. where the, where the Egyptians, you know, they drew on the walls a lot. Like yep. their moms would be really upset how much they draw on the walls. <laughs> but I mean, you can see yeah. like you, you can go back to ancient Egypt yep. and you can see for thousands of years what they were doing. And you can see, mm-hmm. um, I was watching and I've, I've told you about this. Uh, I was watching this show called Expedition Unknown and, mm-hmm. and about two weeks before we started this year, they were going through what did the biblical Moses actually look like and do and all this stuff. Wow. I do and, remember you telling me that, yeah. And, um, you know, the Israelites at that time were not called the Israelites. They were called something else, and I can't think of the term. But, like, you see hieroglyphics that are talking about these people mm-hmm. that were here, and then, then there was a mass exodus. It doesn't, it, doesn't, yep. it doesn't give the description why, because obviously <laughs> they wouldn't put that on the wall. No, yeah. Do you think, yeah, yeah, the history books in Germany were probably different than the yeah, ones yeah. in the States back so, in the 40s so, and 50s. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to see how you would almost not even intentionally abandon mm-hmm. the beliefs you came with mm-hmm. because you're not going to be taught those beliefs. Right. Right. So you got to create a new narrative. Yeah. You, 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 like I, these people didn't do anything out of the norm. Like it's Mm -hmm. not like they walked in and said, Nope, I'm done with that God stuff. Yep. It was just a gradual thing over time. Right. Now the ones that adopted after the Exodus and Moses went up to Mm -hmm. do the, um, 10 commandments and the, and the ones that are worshiping the cow, then you go Charlton Heston. Yeah. You know, you could have gave him a little bit I mean, time, come but, on. But, I mean... But, Aaron's like, everyone bring me your jewelry. Let's go. But, I mean, <laughs> losing your losing your foundation and traditions and religion, really, yeah, over R. 400 R. years, about that. Yeah. Is, not, is not crazy. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's not. And so that's what makes, in Leviticus chapter 20, these verses, starting in verse 22, so poignant. It brings this to life is that... where God says, you must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. Otherwise, the land to which I'm bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. Like he wants them to be holy. And so he says this in verse 23. Think about all we just said that Josh and I just said about Egypt and, and what happened. Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving out before you. You did this in Egypt. I'm you're about to go into new land. Don't Don't adopt their stuff. Right. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. But I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? So he's quoting Exodus. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. 
right? Yeah. So, I mean, Leviticus is just explaining how things ought to be different with his people, with mm-hmm. God's people. Mm-hmm. They were not to be like the Egyptians. They were not to live like the Egyptians. Their clothing was to be different. Their diet was to be different. Their morals were to be different. Their sexual ethics were to be different. Their worship was to be different. They were to celebrate different holidays than the nations surrounding them. They would care about being clean before the Lord. They even changed their physical appearance. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. I mean, it's just everything. Yeah was different. And so in the broadest applications of the book of Leviticus, this comes to us. God calls us to be a holy people, so you must be holy. Right? That's the whole idea that we are looking at and talking about as we go forward. So, um, you know, one of the things I was going to mention Sunday, but I just time didn't really allow, but... um, and I think we've already addressed it, but I'll mention it anyways. Like, wh- why do we study Leviticus? Why, why study that? Because, Josh, in Leviticus, you will find the gospel. Mm-hmm. You will find the gospel. And the, I, men- I did mention this Sunday, the best biblical theological commentary on Leviticus. We already have it already. It's the book of Hebrews. Yep. Um, it's the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. And it is a... You talk. We talk about this podcast being a companion to the series. Well, Hebrews is a companion to the book of Leviticus. It explains how Jesus fulfills this covenant that we are looking at. It explains how it highlights the language and the imagery of Leviticus. I mean, all throughout Hebrews, you read about sacrifice and priesthood and the high priest and the day of atonement. And this is what I mentioned earlier. Um, uh Augustine, the great theologian and philosopher, said of the scriptures, he said, the old is in the new revealed, and the new is in the old concealed. So that just means that the New Testament is contained in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is explained by the New Testament. And that's what we find. So because in in the Old Testament, we have our types and figures and shadows and promises and prophecies. And in the New Testament, it refers to the coming of Christ um, to be the fulfillment and reality of all the types and the figures and the shadows and the promises and the prophecies mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, So as we go along, um, I encourage you, listener, to as we go through Leviticus is to be reading the book of Hebrews to keep Leviticus in perspective Mm -hmm. in our New Testament perspective Um, and and I guess I will kind of close out today's episode with going back to the question um, that's before us which is how can a holy God relate to a sinful people Mm. Um, and and Leviticus is the is the the foundation for that yeah it is sacrifice. It is um, we need a we need a sacrifice that can cover this. We need a a priest who is able to show us the way um, to be closer to God and have our sins forgiven, which sets us up mm-hmm. for Jesus, right? And, and when you say old law versus new law, mm-hmm. Leviticus is the old law, right? Right. So I mean, we just find we find that over and over that we, we in this we see God's desire and purpose for His people. Mm-hmm. So and, and I think. Pairing it with Hebrews is fantastic because you see, you know, Jesus fulfill everything that the old law stated Mm -hmm. or does away with what the old law stated. Yep. And I think think that's something that too many people miss Mm -hmm. is they see a book of rules. Oh, yeah. But then they don't, and then that's where they stop Mm -hmm. and they don't see how those rules 
or not even the rules, the prophecies f- were fulfilled. Right. Yeah. How, and I would say the, yeah, the prophecy, the promise, all those things are fulfilled. And you, you see the other side, it, it'd be like, re- it, it would literally be like reading half of a book. And, and, the, and, and Leviticus is one of those that people like to point out like, oh, this says you can't do this X, Y, and Z. Right. But you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You can't mix two different types of material in your clothing. You can't eat pork. <laughs> right. So, um, and, and I'm going to actually talk about that this Sunday is that there are times when, um, there are times when Jesus specifically is like, that law does not count anymore. You know, when he tells yeah. Peter, you can eat whatever you want, dude. Um, but there are some, some things that he's like, those don't matter anymore. But then there's other things where, for oh, instance, those matter. what's the most important commandment? Well, it's to love your neighbors yourself, yep. which comes right out of Leviticus. So, I mean, there are, there are things that are fulfilled and then there are things that are no longer necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, that's a fulfillment in, in and of itself. Exactly. And that's what, yeah, that's what was um, getting it's at. not that it was like, Oh, we don't have to do that anymore. It's no. like, no, that's been fulfilled because this is about being set apart and being holy. So that's not necessary anymore. Yeah. Jesus is set, setting my people apart. Right. Now everybody's my people. Yes. Everyone. It's, it, it, yes. The sacrifice Jesus made was not just for the Israelites. Yeah. It was for all humanity, which just turned everything mm-hmm. right side up. Yep. Right side up. So, woo, big stuff. Uh, Leviticus is one of my favorite books. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so historical, but it's also like, like mm-hmm. there's been good movies made about like yeah the 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 journey and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and the but it it's also such a narrative at the same time oh yeah and they're such good yeah like imagery in the book Mm -hmm. of leviticus yeah and i'll tell you the biggest challenge of working on the series so far has just been what do we zero in on because you could go so many different ways yeah for sure and I almost feel like I'm I'm almost, I'm almost redoing doing a second overview this Sunday. I'm not, but it is still kind of a if we were at 30,000 feet this past Sunday view, we're probably at a 20,000 foot view yeah. this Sunday. Um and and you know hopefully we'll just get a little bit closer as we go, but there's just so much, but but to set the stage um for it is really important mm-hmm. in our from our perspective, from yeah. where we are in the timeline of history. Yeah. We really need to be able to grasp some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um to appreciate it. But anyway. Yeah, there's so much in yeah. this book. I it's one of my, it's actually one of my favorite books. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listener, thanks for hanging with us. Anything coming up we need to mention? I don't know. Um it's kind of one of those we're in that it, kind of it, zone. It, it's not a yeah, we were talking about it the other day. We're not in a lull. No, it's every, not a lull. But everything is going and we don't have anything starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right away. Yeah, we've got our our uh community groups are are moving along. If we're you're starting not in this one, new get series. In one. Get in one, especially for this series. I think it'll be really really good. Um and we're just we're going to carry this through to the end of the month. And speaking of the end of the month of October, that's what I'm saying. We're going through the end of October in the series. Um, we'll have our um, porch fest. our porch fest that that Sunday afternoon. So that'll be fun. That's like our version fall of fall festival. festival yeah. So it'll it'll be a good time. But um, 
Hey, thanks for listening. And uh, if you have questions or thoughts on Leviticus specifically, I would really appreciate you letting me know or Josh know. Um, you can email either of us, Shannon at theporchcc.com or Josh at theporchcc.com. Or you can text us if you know our number or see us on Sunday. Um, but if there's anything specifically you'd like us to, to address in the podcast or Sunday, whatever, uh, let me know. So yeah. That'd be helpful. But, but I mean, we got plenty of material, so we're good. But Yeah. yeah. You, you could spend a couple of years in Leviticus. I know. You I really know, right? could. Doing something different every week. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, thanks for hanging with us, everyone. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday and uh, talking with you again soon. Josh, thank you, as always, for what you do, sir. Thank you. All right. See you guys. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.